and floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects. We know you got a few on your to-do list this weekend. Why not give us a call and let us help you out? The number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Maybe you want to save some energy dollars. Maybe you want to stop a leak or fix a squeak. Give us a call. We are here to get that job done with you. Stand by your side with tools in hand. This hour, we're also going to talk about plumbing problems. Well, maybe not so much the problems, but definitely how to avoid them. Plus, it's definitely the dry season when it comes to heat. And so we're going to have some tips to help you put the moisture back in the forced air heating systems in your house that are probably leaving you dry and parched and all feeling yucky when you wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning. Definitely sounding hoarse first thing in the morning without one. Also ahead, we're going to teach you how to read your water meter. And you're probably thinking, do I Is this a skill I need to have, Leslie? Yeah, it's kind of an important one. This way, (laughs) if you know how to actually read your water meter, you can see how much water that you're really using and where you might be able to save some water. And it's also a a really, I'm going to give you a really good tip later about how you can figure out if you've got leaks in your house that you don't even know about by reading that water meter. In this hour, we're also going to talk about freezing pipes, which can be very damaging and costly when the plumbing freezes and bursts. But we've got a simple solution to help you prevent that. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a prize package from Decon. It's worth $100, and it's got the best-selling pest control products for every single room in your house. And then you definitely won't have any more pests. And it's shaping up to be a very high-risk rodent year. So call us right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-39. Seven four. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? All right, Becky in Texas needs some help changing out a bath fixture. What can we do for you? Uh, yes, I need to find out. I've got a marble um, jacuzzi and my sinks are marble, and I was trying to find out how to remove the brass. I wanted to update it, but someone told me that you couldn't remove it. I was just wondering about how to do it and if it could be done. I don't see why you couldn't remove the brass faucet. Why, why do you think it's going to be a problem? Oh, not the brass faucet. You know, the 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 stuff that's in the marble, like in the bottom of the tub and stuff. Oh, like the, the drain and the, yeah, the, the, the stopper and, fixture? Oh, the rest of the plumbing? Yes. Yeah, I don't see why you can't remove those either. They went in, they have to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you can access every part, like maybe in your tub if you don't have an access panel, but you can definitely change out all of the drain stopper and the fixture itself. I mean, if you're changing from brass, you're going to have to change out everything from the faucet to the stopping fixture in your sink. So it's not like you're going to get one piece instead of another. You're going to do the whole thing. And Becky, it's not an easy project to do, so it's probably something you're going to need a plumber's help with because you're going to find that the the new parts... Um, don't fit as well, and they're going to need to be sealed in place because you want to make sure you do it right so you don't get leaks. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Becky. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Who's next? All right. Aaron is calling in with windows that are sweating. Tell us about it. Yes. Uh, in our house, we have uh, regular aluminum windows. I imagine they're low end. Aaron, it sounds like you're having a party there. Oh, yeah, we're in a restaurant. 
<laughs> All right. See, home improvement questions uh, can happen at any time. So tell us about your aluminum windows. Okay, they they're uh, they're probably low grade or low uh, low end. Right. And uh, moisture accumulates on the metal part of the windows, and yep. it runs down and uh, puddles up on the stoop of the window. We have to to uh, mop it up. Is there anything I can do then to keep that from happening? Well, the problem here is uh, really physics. You have a certain level of humidity inside the house, and that humidity is condensing against the cold exterior window surface. And as the air is, is cooled, it releases moisture and washes it down to the sill where you have to mop it up. So there's only two ways to fix this. The first way is to reduce the humidity in the house. That may be somewhat doable, more so than you think. If you look to improve your drainage on the outside of the house, your gutters, your grading, make sure soil slopes away, add a whole house dehumidifier, make sure you use bath fans when you take baths and kitchen exhaust fans when you cook, you can actually try to slow down the amount of moisture that's in the house. That'll reduce the condensation. Or you can also add a dehumidifier. And the other thing to do is to replace the windows. And old aluminum windows like that are probably not very energy efficient. And if you do decide to replace the windows, now is an excellent time because you can qualify for a $1,500 federal energy tax credit thanks to the TARP program. And if you want more information on how to do that, there is a window replacement guide online for free at moneypit.com. That's about uh, 10 or 15 pages that walks you through step-by-step. It's actually a free download of the chapter of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, that will give you all the tips that you need to know on how to replace those windows. So hope that helps you out, Aaron, and thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, we're going to give you a lesson in reading your water meter. Why, you say, Tom, do I need to know how to read my water meter? Because if you do, you may be able to find a leak in your house that you never knew existed and get it fixed before it causes any damage. We'll tell you why after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatru Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatru.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. This hour, we're giving away a prize package from Decon to help you eradicate your home of unwelcome house guests this winter. It is peak rodent season, and according to the experts at Decon, it's apparently going to be a bad year for mice and rats, so we want to make sure that you're protected. This package includes a full selection of Decon's best sellers to protect each room in your home. It's worth 100 bucks. so call us right now for your chance to win. And the number is one eight 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 Money Pit. It's so funny. Well, you need some sort of house guest for the month of January. You know, it's like all your holiday guests are gone. Now it's time for these other little guests that you would never really? expect to be in your own home. Well, just one of the joys of being a homeowner, as I'm sure 
all of you who are homeowners out there have discovered there's probably a few things that you've learned new as a homeowner and you're thinking, hmm, what do I need to know how to do? Well, you need to know how to caulk your tub and you need to know how to change your furnace filter. Well, there's one more thing that you should add to your list of things that you know how to do in your own home and that's read your water meter. Because your water meter, it's truly the best way to see how much water that you're using and you can also use it to detect leaks. First of all, locate your water meter. Where is it? And if you can't find it, call your local water company. They will help you. And they might even send somebody out to your house to show you where it is if you ask. Now, when you're reading a water meter, think of your car's odometer. There should be five numbers that count cubic feet. And you want to read the three to the left and ignore the rest of them. Now, to calculate the water you use, you want to subtract your previous meter reading from your current meter reading and uh, here's a little tidbit for you. 100 cubic feet of water equals 748 gallons. And you might want to take two meter readings about a week apart to figure out how much water you normally use. Uh, and then you can go into the water conservation measures that will save you water and, and not have you waste so much the next time. And by the way, if uh, you're ever wondering if you've got a leak in the house, what you can do is turn off all the plumbing in the house, go take the meter reading and write it down, and then go away for an hour, come back. If that meter moved, you got a leak. And you got to figure out where that leak is before that leak finds you and floods you out or causes mold or rot or some other type of dastardly damage. Well, you'll to eventually your home. find it when you step in a yes, foot of water in the basement. <laughs> eventually you'll find it. We want to help you find it sooner rather than later. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Nikki in New York, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Hi, um, I have a question about uh, banging and clanging in my walls when the heat is on. Is it uh, poltergeist? Do you have ghosts? <laughs> hey, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so does it happen when your heat first comes on or goes off? Um, you know, the heating system is not on any kind of heating schedule. It's right. just um, these, you know, units, and we control them. So they're never touched actually they mm. may, they're maintained at a certain degree and that's it right. but at night uh it seems to happen so mm -hmm. it's not like well is it a hot air heating system nikki forced air uh, yeah okay it's, uh, so a baseboard yep well no no now if it's a baseboard it's not forced air if it's if it's okay. baseboard it's probably hot water right okay sorry Hot water. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, it's important because if it's a forced air system, the banging can be caused by one thing, and if it's hot water, it's 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 different. Um, if it's forced air, for those that have forced air that are listening to this call, very often you get something called oil canning, where the heating system goes on and fills up the duct system like a balloon, and then the ducts expand and pop and make a noise, and you can reinforce the ducts with strips of metal on the outside to stop that from happening. With a hot water system, you either have uh, let's see, baseboard, so it's probably not steam. What's probably happening here is you've got some pipes that are inserted through the walls to get to the radiators, and what happens is when the heat comes on, the pipes expand, and they rub against the studded wall. They rub against the wall where it comes through, and as a result of that, you get this really loud creaking sound that resonates throughout all of the pipes and amplifies itself. So the solution there is to try to trace the hot water lines where they're coming through the walls, and there's like a plastic bushing that can go around the pipe and sort of acts like a lubricant in, in, in a way that when the pipe heats up and expands, it doesn't drag across the dry wood and make that horrible banging sound. Okay, sounds like a solution. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight eight eight. Money pit. I don't think Nikki was that confident in my solution. Mm -mm. But it'll work. Try it. 
I think she wanted there to be a poltergeist. <laughs> David in Maine, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I got a problem with some wallboard. A crack in my drywall uh, is pretty much from the top to the bottom, pretty much in a straight line, vertically. Okay. Is and, that over a seam, David? Uh, that's what I found out. Yes, it was over a seam, <laughs> and right, it was yes. over a two before. How about and that? For, unfortunately, when I tr- uh, took a utility knife and started carving it out to make a V-shaped profile, I found out that one side of the uh, it was over a two before, and one of the wallboards, one piece of the wallboard, was basically floating. <laughs> okay. So my question is: Is there some easy or cost-effective way, rather than other than just replacing the whole uh, four by eight sheet of wallboard? Uh, to fix that or to secure it so that it doesn't float. Hmm. Well, here's the trick. I mean, there are ways to repair that, but essentially you have to cut a hole in the wall to do that. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's easier to fix one or two. I'm thinking, Leslie, the easiest thing to do here would be for... Uh, David to essentially go to the stud to the left and to the right of the disconnected drywall, Mm -hmm. cut out both sides of it. So now you're going to take out a piece. Let's assume that the the studs are 16 inches on center. So you take one to the right, so you're 16 inches to the right, 16 inches to the left, and now you pull out a piece that's 32 inches wide, replace that with a new piece of drywall that's 32 inches wide. You'll have two seams to tape instead of one, but frankly, it's not going to be that much more work. Because that one side of drywall is now floating and moving, even if we tell you how to fix that crack... It's always going to show up. It's going to come back fast. So if you're going to cut the wall out, I mean, we could tell you how to cut it out right near that and slip in some wood blocking and then attach it, but frankly, by the time you do all that, the cleanest way to do this is probably to take that whole piece out by going to the left and the right, sort of surgically excise that one piece of drywall, bang in a new piece, tape it, spackle it, be done. You want to make sure you use perforated drywall tape because it's a little more forgiving if you don't quite get the spackle in there just right. Two, three coats, feather it out, prime it, paint it, and you're good to go. That's the only way. That's, that's the way to do it. Okay, good enough. Thanks for your advice. You're welcome, David. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. I think David was looking for the magic <laughs> potion that would mysteriously make a stud appear where once there was none. And I like how he was like doing surgical work on it, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He was digging it out. Well, you know, it was probably stuck together by the piece of tape that was there. Once he cut that, uh-huh, all of a sudden it, started it, became, moving. A, it became a floater. Calling from Illinois, we've got Sue, whose home is cracking up. What can we do to help? Hi, yes. <laughs> well, I've done, uh, I have a 200-year-old house, and uh, as you might guess, I've got a lot of plaster walls. I applied um, skim coat to most of the cracks about seven years ago, and they're back. And um, I want to know what else I can do. Uh, one specifically upstairs in the hallway goes vertically from essentially just the roof line all the way down to the baseboard. And it, that one actually has a little bit of a bow to it. So that scares me more than anything else. 
Sue, if there's a bow to it, what's happening is the plaster is separating from the lath behind it. And there's not going to be an easy correction for that. That is the plaster deteriorating. And the option is really to skim that wall with another layer of drywall or to break off the loose plaster and then replaster it. Now, this, the solution for the cracks is different. Um, when you just do a skim coat on top of that, that plaster that you put on top is not elastic. So it's not going to expand and contract with the old crack. What you need to do is use a piece of fiberglass drywall tape that looks sort of like netting. It's perforated, and you apply that to the crack first, and then you spackle on top of that or plaster on top of that two or three layers, and that is going to adhere enough where the wall can expand and contract without the crack showing through. But just to put more plaster on top of the cracked plaster is not going to solve it. The same way it's difficult to solve with a cracked sidewalk. Anything that moves like that, uh, it has to have something in it that's elastic and very sticky, and if you use the tape, that'll solve it. Actually, I did use the tape. You did use the tape. Well, I did. Okay. Now, did you use paper tape or fiberglass tape? The fiberglass. Well, let's just review how you did it. Did you sand the wall to get rid of all of the old paint first? Hmm. Probably not. <laughs> because that could be like a layer of grease in between the tape and the wall. And could cause that tape to slip right off as soon mm -hmm, as there's any exactly. movement. So that's okay. probably what happened. That is the solution. And if it's sanded, remove the old paint. There's nothing loose underneath it. And then put the tape back on there. You're going to have to pull the old repair out now, by the way. But just do a good uh -huh. job sanding that. Uh, and that should cover it. Now, if the bulge is not too bad, you may want to try to spackle over that. Uh, and as a, on a wall, we're not as concerned as it when you have a bulge in the ceiling because that plaster can actually fall. It's pretty darn heavy. Don't ask me why I know. I just do. <laughs> and it can hurt you. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> okay, very good. All right, Thank thanks you. so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Chris in New York needs some help with a plumbing project. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. I have a second home in uh, Florida. And there seems to be problems with the copper piping down there. Okay, what's going on with the pipes? Uh, the sprinkling uh, a small leak. Not, I haven't had a major problem. I've had one small leak, and I've, they gave me a plastic pipe to fit it over. Okay. On the cold side, but then I went and asked some contractors, you know, about replacing all the pipes in the house. And I just wondered if there's hot water side. I know so you're talking about pinhole leaks that form yes, inside the pipe? pinhole yeah. leaks, right. Okay, well exactly. that happens when certain types of water that's fairly acidic reacts with the copper and causes these pinhole leaks. Um, if, you've, if it's just happened once with one hole, I mean, I wouldn't go crazy and replace all the pipes in the house. Uh, if it starts to happen more and more often, then maybe you want to go there. But for right now, if you've just got one or two pinhole leaks, I wouldn't panic. Okay. There's Thanks. probably better places to put that, that, those home improvement dollars. Windows. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's right. Oh, thanks again. Thanks for the advice. That's what we do. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You know, in the summer when it is really, really hot outside, Leslie, the standing joke is, but it's a dry heat. Well, <laughs> truth <laughs> be told, hot. dry heat is what you get every winter when you flip on the furnace. But there is a solution to moisten the air and your throat. We're going to have that tip next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatrue door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. 
To learn more, visit thermatrue.com slash tax credit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. especially if you're thinking of redoing your kitchen. Uh, if you are, you want to make sure you visit MoneyPit.com for great kitchen makeover ideas. Just click on Home Spaces and then Kitchens to see tons of great kitchen money-saving ideas. Corey in Iowa needs some help with grout cleaning. What's your project? Um, My floor, my indoor floor, when you walk inside from the entryway, is constantly getting dirty, and anything I ever try to do, I always have to use a lot of effort, and I was wondering how the best way to clean it is with a like a spray product or anything in that direction? Well, there's two types of, uh, of grout cleaning. There's grout cleaner and grout stripper. You'll find that the grout stripper products are a lot stronger. You can usually buy those uh, in places that sell sort of commercial cleaning products. Mm-hmm. And the key here, Corey, is is it is going to be a lot of work. I'm not going to kid you. Getting it clean the first time. But then you want to add a silicone sealer to the grout lines, at least two or three coats. And that will slow the buildup of any type of dirt and debris that happens after that. So buy the grout stripper, not the grout cleaner, and then clean it really well, and then seal the grout, and that should last you quite a while. What would be like a specific brand? Say, because I have a lot of traffic, and it gets really dirty, and say i got to like use like a scrub brush right. and go at it like a lot. So I was wondering if there's like a specific brand out there that would, because I've seen it where like you spray it on there, and 15 seconds later, you pretty much just wipe it off with the cloth. Yeah, that's called time-lapse photography. <laughs> yeah, there's no miracle products like that, okay? I'm just telling you, just look for grout stripper, not grout cleaner, and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are commercial products. I know there's one company called Alden, A-L-D-O-N. There's another one called Leger. It's L-E-G-G-E. You know, head to a, a more of a professional shop than a, like a big box store, and they'll be able to help you out right. with that. All right, fantastic. Well, as the heat goes on, the air in your house gets dry. I mean, very dry. And that can make everybody feel very uncomfortable. That's right. But there is a solution, and it's an appliance that works overtime this time of year. We're talking about your humidifier and whether you have one, need one, or just want to take care of the one that you have. We've got tips now from host Kevin O'Connor and plumbing expert Richard Fathui from TV's This Old House. And Kevin, this is a pretty valuable appliance this time of year. You got that right. If you ever woke up in the morning with a dry, parched throat, you know all about the value of having a humidifier in your home. But Richard, with several types of humidifiers available, how do we pick the best one for our particular type of home? Well, people generally think about the temperature of the air in a heating system, but the humidity is very important for comfort as well. Most people feel that the right humidity is about between 30 and 40 percent relative humidity. Now, for the most part, I'm not a big fan of those drum-type systems on the side of a forced hot air furnace. You know, it goes around like the squirrel cage, you know, and it sort of lets this media dip down into some potentially gnarly water. And standalone steam systems are also available. So what type of uh, maintenance do we need to think about with humidifiers? Well, any humidifier with standing water should be cleaned and disinfected really regularly. And steam systems require a little less maintenance, but they still have to have a condensate line that runs to a drain. All right. Well, we've got a video of a steam humidifier installation, and you can check that out on thisoldhouse.com. Now, Richard, if you're looking at a a humidifier in your existing system, say it is one of the drum types, how do you clean it? Well, sometimes the drums have to come out, meaning you have to change the media. You have to get right down into that pan at the bottom. And sometimes that pan is so corroded that it's really time to replace the whole unit. 
What do you think of the types of uh, humidifiers where there's like an evaporator pad and the water's dripping down like vertically? Well, that's very similar to that wheel type. It just doesn't have a moving part. And those are going to collect a fair amount of impurities too. So you really don't want to have anything that has a lot of standing water and a place for the breeding of any bacteria. So for your money, steam is the way to go? I'm pretty partial to it, yeah. Richard Trithui, Kevin O'Connor from This Old House. Great advice. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Glad to be here. You know, and Tom, I've got a question for you. Now, what's the best advice for people who don't have a forced air system and need to use a portable humidifier? You mean like little Henry? Yeah, well, and you know, and Henry's (laughs) mom and dad. (laughs) Are they just as effective and safe? Yes, they they can be, but but there's three really important things you have to remember. Cleaning, cleaning, and cleaning. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. They get very dirty. Well, remember, as you use the, as the water evaporates, it leaves the mineral salt deposits behind. And if you don't clean that out of the evaporator pads, it really gunks up the works and it can really start to grow mold and bacteria. So make sure you follow manufacturer's instructions, especially if you have a portable, and keep it very, very clean. All right, that's good to know. But I mean, we just bought a portable one for Henry's room and the instructions were like, every morning, please take the entire piece apart and put this piece (laughs) in the dishwasher and scrub this one with this and that and take all these steps. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll do that like once every two weeks, but I will clean it, just not every day. (laughs) For more great tips from Kevin and Richard, be sure to tune in to Ask This Old House, brought to you by Stanley, proud sponsor of Ask This Old House. Stanley, make something great. Learn how to make sure your pipes don't freeze, break, and leak after this. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, why don't you give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit? Because this hour we're giving away a prize package from our friends over at Decon. And now this prize is gonna help keep those furry pests away from your house this winter because it is peak rodent season. And according to the experts at Decon, it's gonna be a bad year for these types of rodent pests <laughs> coming into your house. I've already had them. Really? In my house. I did. Oh, thankfully, it, knock on wood, we've not had anything since the rat in the summer of 09. I did use a trap, and I totally freaked out my kids when I had to dispose of it. Gross. You would have freaked <laughs> me out. You should have called me up and sent a picture. I'd have been, ah! Well, we've got a prize pack that includes a full selection of Decon's best sellers to protect every room in your house, including it's got a ready-to-mix bait, it's got pouches, Decon no-view, no-touch trap, the ultra-Decon set trap. Pretty much everything to get those yucky little animals out of your house. It's worth a hundred bucks. So give us a call right now for your chance to win at one eight 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 Money Pit. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. All right, let's talk now about frozen pipes. They can be very damaging to your home, not to mention pretty darn expensive to fix, but there are a few things that you can do to prevent them. First, you want to insulate all water and heating lines located in unheated crawl spaces, attics, and basements, even a draft can freeze an uninsulated pipe in a matter of just a few hours. Now you can use the foam tubes, the fiberglass tubes, or the fiberglass wrap tape. They all work very well. And on very cold nights, 
open the doors to any undersink cabinets that are located mm-hmm. on outside walls because this lets a little heat sort of waft in there and it can actually prevent the inside of the cabinet from becoming a freezer and impacting your pipes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you notice that you happen to have the same pipe freezing year after year, you might want to consider having that pipe rerun, you know, so that it goes through a warmer section of your house. And you also want to remember to keep all of your heating zones above 55 degrees all winter long. And, you know, shutting off or lowering unused heating zones actually can cause water and heating lines to freeze. So make sure you keep everything at a proper temperature. You know, you're better off spending a little extra on those energy dollars than a lot of money on repairs. Yeah, good point. Now, here's a little trivia question for you, Leslie. What what freezes first, a hot water pipe or a cold water pipe? It's a hot water pipe. That's right. It's because of the amount of oxygen in the water? That's correct. That's correct. Very, very good. I listen to you. It's because of the amount of air that's in the line. And because the water has gone through, the hot water has gone through the water heater, there's no air bubbles in there. So it freezes, expands, and breaks the pipe before the cold water would. The cold water one, as it freezes, it has air bubbles in it, so it's kind of a cushiony thing. So use that around the water cooler uh, the next time uh, (laughs) you want to impress your friends and amaze amaze your enemies. All right? (laughs) 888-666-3974. Let's get back. Back to the phones. I want to hear your trivia home improvement question. Call me right now. 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Pat in California, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I'm uh, the unlucky owner of three cats, two male <laughs> okay. and one female. Okay. The ancient one that refuses the croquette, a kidney infection, and urinated on the carpet. <laughs> nice. Okay. And on a twice-used new guest room mattress. Oh, uh. great. If that wasn't bad enough, the other younger, insecure male exercised his dominance and repeated the offense. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, well, this must be the thing to do. Okay. All right. You're gonna have to order. You're gonna have to order some uh, some some cleanup products by the caseload. I think. No, you know what, Pat? It's not gonna be that bad. There's actually a great product, and it's called One Two Three Odor Free. I discovered it when my husband and I got a puppy who was now five years old and very well trained. But at first, she refused to find the out of doors and loved our carpet in the hallway. Um, and just in searching the web, I found this product. The guy who owns the company used to be a professional cleaner and in retirement got super bored and his kids were like why don't you go back into the business and do it online and so we put together a kit it's called one two three odor free and it's sort of a series of different products one comes with this like crazy syringe that you inject into the carpet so it gets into you know the matting and then another is something that you put on top with a damp rag that goes overnight and I kid you not the odor is gone and the stain is gone and Daisy, our puppy, never went in that spot again. Oh, well, that would be good. I and tried one of those enzyme things, but uh, now it just smells like cat urine with a floral overtone. Okay. Thanks, thanks for sharing, Pat. <laughs> this one does not have any scent to it, so you'll find that it oh. really does the trick. The website is justright.com, and right is spelt R-I-T-E. And Bill is the owner, and he is just a lovely man. Wonderful. So tell him Leslie says hi. Pat, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Betty in Pennsylvania needs some help staying warm this winter. Tell us about the problem. Yes, our cellar is very damp. We spent a small fortune with scrubbing it down and putting things down there. Now, our uh, duct tapes are all, of course, on the outside wall, and they sweat, and some of the insulation has even got wet from that. Okay, you mean your ducts, Uh, not your duct tapes. No, our duct. 
<laughs> okay. <Our duck. laughs> you said you duct tapes are on the outside wall. Oh, duck, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you ducks are on the outside yeah. wall. They're sweating. They're condensing because yeah. they're cold and uninsulated. Okay. Yes. Now, is there a wrapping or something that you can have put on those? Sure. Yeah, there's an exterior duct insulation that can go around that, and that would be an appropriate thing to do. Now, is this uh, happening uh, in the summer more than the winter? Because that would be uh, typical. It seems to me it happens most of the time. Yeah, I bet you it happens worse in the summer when you have warm, moist air and cold ducts. So I, I would definitely insulate those ducts. Yeah. Uh, who would do that? My, my heater man? Uh, heating contractor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, just call your heating contractor up, Betty, and tell him yeah. you need to get all your ducks in a row. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we had an awful lot of mold down there. We've had a terrible time with that. All right, Betty, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. She didn't get that at all, did she? No. <laughs> you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. You know, a drafty fireplace can really put a chill into your house. We're going to tell you what works and what doesn't to help seal that draft next. On the Money Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Would you like to follow us on Facebook? Just text FAN, the Money Pit, to FBOOK at 32665 from your cell phone, and you'll be added as a fan. Standard text charges may apply, but we would be very appreciative to have you join us on Facebook. Indeed. And while you are online, you can email us your question by clicking on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon. And we've got some here, starting with one from Lou, who writes, Sometimes the water heater sends hot water to shower, and sometimes the water is lukewarm. Water heater is only eight years old. Well, that's kind of old for a water heater. Yeah, um, it's towards the end of its useful yeah. life. And then he says, Temperature control is set above normal. Can there be something broken inside that lets cold water mix with the hot? Hmm. Yeah. I think what's happening here is that you have an electric water heater, and I think that you have two coils in that water heater, one at the top and one at the bottom. And when one of those coils burns out, you get this very weird situation where you don't always get enough hot water and you'll get kind of unusual spikes in like the water. Like a weird mix of temperatures yes. in the water? Yes. It doesn't flow right. So I think what you have to do, Lou, is have the water heater coils tested. It's very easy to do that. An electrician or a plumber can do that because you simply put an amp probe around the wire and it tells you if the coil's good or not good. But it's not a do-it-yourself project because we're talking about high-voltage electricity here and you could get hurt. But I think that you've got a bad coil and it actually is not that difficult to fix. You can certainly replace it without replacing the water heater. But I mean, at this point, is it worth replacing? I mean, it's eight years old and generally a water heater is what, seven to ten years lifespan? Uh, good question, but this is probably like a $100 repair instead of, you know, a four or $500 replacement. Okay. All right, so it's now probably worth it. All right, now we've got one from Laurel who writes, The fireplace is 50 years old and the damper is very warped. I've heard about a special balloon that you can insert into your fireplace to temporarily seal it. Supposedly, it's easy to install and remove if you want to enjoy a fire in the fireplace. Do you know if this product actually works? And I've not seen it in any big box stores. It sounds like she's describing almost um, if you wanted to line the chimney. Well, maybe, but I I don't recommend that particular uh product. What, I would, what is this exactly? Well, it's basically something you inflate and it sticks inside. Think of like a big beach ball. Mm-hmm. You stick, but I mean, you got to drag it out. It's dirty. If your flu damper is bent and warped and not working, 
put one in the top of the flue, up at the top of the chimney. There's a steel, stainless steel cable that runs down right to the fireplace. It's on a spring. So when you pull it down, the damper's open. You let it go, the damper closes. And that's the best way to seal up that chimney, which is important because it will save you a lot of energy. But I'd stay away from the balloon concept. All right, here's one from Liz who writes, what is the best way to get mold that is on concrete block off of the wall without too much cost? I'm on a limited budget and I would like to do this myself. Liz, we have wonderful news for you. What you're seeing on the wall is almost 100% assuredly not mold Mm. because mold doesn't usually grow on concrete block. What does grow on concrete block? Mineral salt deposits from leaky walls, usually leaky basements. So what you're going to see, that white crusty gray stuff, That's the mineral salts. Now, what you need to do is go outside your house and figure out why the walls are getting wet. Normally, you have a drainage problem at the gutter system. You know, the clog, the downspouts aren't extended away. Or you have a grading problem Mm -hmm. where the soil is not sloping away from the walls. Fix those things, and the stains will stop developing. Now, to get rid of the stains, I think vinegar works best. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really easy fix, Liz, and you've probably already got it in your cabinet. You want white vinegar, not the red or the balsamic variation. You just want white vinegar. Mix it up with a little bit of water. You can put it in a spray bottle, spray it right on those white stains that you see, and they'll seriously just dissolve. I mean, I get these mineral deposits sort of around the faucet on my kitchen counter, and it works like a charm. It comes right off. I mean, once you correct the situation, they'll go away, but until then, you'll have to just do it a couple of times and it's gone this is the money pit home improvement radio show thank you so much for spending this hour with us the show continues online at moneypit.com i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti remember you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone you live in a money pit